Welcome to today's episode of MicroConf on Air. I'm your host, Rob Walling, and today with Tracy Osborne, we're going to be talking about how to build a high-performance tech stack. Tracy, thanks for spending a half hour with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's going to be going to be fun. Um, before we get into that, I want to remind folks that if you're watching this on our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash microconf, uh, in order to ask questions, you need to join 890 other founders or aspiring founders in microconfconnect.com. And that number is going up every day. So uh, microconfconnect is a Slack channel that we, we're using to stay in touch with founders, stay in touch with each other and connect, um, you know, to connect with one another during these, these times. So uh, microconfconnect.com if you want to check it out. Next week, I want to remind you, we have been doing uh, daily microconf on airs. And next week, we're switching to a twice per week schedule, just dialing it back just a bit. Um, so Tuesday and Thursday, uh, we're going to be doing that. And we will continue to do, I talked with producer Xander, and we're going to continue doing um, the Zoom happy hours inside microconf connect only, because uh, those have been a big hit for folks who've joined uh, for, if you don't know, you know, you can get 20, 30, 40 people in a Zoom room, and then you break out and, and producer Xander has a control where he can say, I want, you know, X rooms have five people each and it randomly assigns. And then you can just hang out and you meet new people who are in Connect and, and, and meet, you know, see old friends. I mean, I saw three or four people uh, two weeks ago when, when I was in it and I was like, hey, we haven't caught up in a while. So that's some fun stuff. Um, as always, thanks to Basecamp and Stripe. They're our headline partners uh, for MicroConf and it's always a pleasure um, working with them. All right, so to intro our guest who likely needs no introduction with this crowd, this is Tracy Osborne. She is the she was the founder of Wedding Lovely, which was a startup she ran for several years, got funding from uh, Techstars. Techstars? 500 yep. Startups. 500 Startups, yep. 500 Startups, thank you. And then um, wound up shutting that down about a year and a half ago, and she has since then has been working with me in ANR as a program manager at Tiny Seed. So thanks again, Tracy, for showing up and bringing your, you brought the good, uh, you, you have a blanket behind you with fuzzy stuff. You have the good microphone. You have it all going on. <laughs> this is part of my normal chair, by the way. I have, I always have the sheepskin on my, my office, uh, office chair. Do you get a lot of comments on it? Cause it is, it is. I remarkable. do. Cause a lot of people ask me like, where did you buy that chair? And I'm like, it's literally just a sheepskin. A blanket <laughs> Anyone can build it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice. It's nice so little to treat. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about um, building a high performance tech stack. And the reason I wanted to get Tracy on here is of all the people that I've worked with over my decades long career now, um, it, it, I uh, there have just been a handful who are really good at staying on top of things. And frankly, they just don't lose things. You'll say, hey, you'll throw a one off comment into a Slack DM or uh, an email or a verbal comment in a, in a meeting, you know, in a, in a Slack call because we're all remote. And certain people just have a system. And you know that they have a system because it works. And two weeks later, they come back and they're like, oh, remember that thing you asked me to do? Yeah, here it is. And here's the results. And it's like, wow, most people would have forgotten that. And so that plus Tracy's just a productive day to day person. She's very organized and she has systems. And I have never, I've never heard her talk about them, you know, in on podcasts. And frankly, I've never dug into her system myself. So I'm a little bit curious about it as well. So that's where we're going to start. Feel free as we're going, uh, you know, if you're in the MicroConf on air channel. Um, to ask questions. I think we had a question that was how to be productive, question mark. <laughs> so that's gonna be the whole time today, but if you have, and there is a question from Andy Themer that we'll get to a little later um, about managing, you know, dealing with a lot of contractors and such. But to kick us off, let's set the stage. And 
I'm curious, how is it that you don't lose things? <laughs> it all comes from a deep seated fear of my brain. And <laughs> like when I was a child, I think I was teased a lot by my family about losing objects a lot. Um, and so it, it's kind of turned maybe into a little bit too far into neuroticism, but it actually really obviously helps my everything I do at Tiny Seed to have all these systems in place just because I'm so afraid of losing things. So this is something I started establishing, I think, in university was a policy of always writing something down, um, which all sounds really obvious. And actually, I should take the moment to, to say before I start going into the things that work for me, is that systems and keeping track of things and the ways that you work is going to differ from person to person. So when I talk about the things that I do, I don't necessarily mean to say, like, this is something that another person should do verbatim. Uh, these are the things that I over like to say the last 20 or so years that I've put in place that have, that have really helped me on um, the, the different types of systems, like writing things down and the different kind of products that I use. Um, and it might not work for another person, but it all comes down to just, I guess, A, the fear of losing things and then being aware of the fact that I can't trust my brain to remember things. I, I don't trust myself that if someone says, hey, you need to do something like this, um, it's either going to be I'm going to forget about it or I'm going to spend the next, say, 12 or so hours every half an hour thinking, oh, wait, I have to remember that. And then I move on and like doing my current task. And then half an hour later, it's like, oh, wait, I should remember that, too. And I, I have squirrel brain throughout the day. So both those things kind of play a, a role in why that I, I try to have all these things in place so I don't forget things because A, it helps me not to forget things, but B, it also allows me to better focus on my current tasks. Right. And so, yeah, when you say systems um, are different for everyone, I think that's where you have a particular system and my system is different. We were talking before we got on the air that I use Trello, you use something else that we'll dig into. But that's why we will talk a lot about the kind of the meta stuff. What's one layer above? Because it doesn't matter if you use Trello or Todoist or you know, Google Docs or whatever, you know, Pipedrive or whatever you want to use. But, but the concepts we'll talk about here should apply to to there and and we'll throw out some ideas for tools as well if you know folks are looking to do that so back to that question then you don't lose things because you don't trust your own brain dig into that so <laughs> so what mechanically do you do then when you know anar and myself are like all right five things boom 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 on a call like where do those go in the ether are they floating around carrier pigeon or you know what are we doing there yeah i mean first step is always is writing things down on paper i usually have notebooks all over my desk so you know on the fly, I can get things down and on on paper. I will lose these pieces of paper within the day, though, so I know that they they need to move into some place digital. Um, my by the repositories I set up for these these tasks. So what I've used personally, I've tried Trello, I've tried other systems. The thing that actually works best for me is Google Docs. So I just literally have a a Google Docs where it's like the things are at the very top are the things that really need to be done, say that day or maybe that week. Um, and then I have a bunch of categories underneath where it's like, hey, I'm waiting on and then I can move things into like waiting on because I can't work on something immediately. Or maybe it's like maybe someday there's literally a category called maybe someday because something had come up in a conversation. And at, at that moment, I thought to myself, hey, that's a great idea, but we have no bandwidth to do that. So if I didn't write that down, I didn't put it someplace, I would completely forget about it. So this allows me to review every now and then go through that list of maybe someday items. And maybe that will be the day that it's like, oh, okay, wait, I have the bandwidth for this, a good idea. 
So it's just Google Docs for me. I can access that on my phone. I almost never do. It's usually because it's work related. I just access it from my computer, but it's in my bookmarks bar. Um, I believe I actually, when I first started working at Tidyseed, I sent you the link. So you probably could dig it up and, and look at the things oh, wow. that I'm working on. It'd be funny. This is what Tidyseed's working on. Yeah. And, and here's the cool thing. So I'm, I'm going to compare that to the system that I use because you and I accomplish the same exact thing. We capture everything that comes in and we don't just have one list. You need lists for, for today, this week, waiting on, and this year or, or vision, you know, long-term. And I do that. I have a bunch of, of lists in the same Trello board. And then I either, if I know I'm waiting on something and I should hear back by a certain date, if it's via email, I have boomerang or the snooze feature and I snooze it to a certain day, or I literally will go on my calendar and just boom, put an item in like, I should hear back by this time or, you know, or do something. So that's my system. And, but that, and that's the meta is like, both of us have, you know, you need these four or five things and you need something to a tickler file is what people used to call it, but it's a thing that, um, that pings you at a certain date or that you at least refer to daily and be like, should, should so-and-so have gotten back to me with that? Because in the old days, so when I first started doing systems, I would, I did everything pen and paper, which I still love. And I really had a tough time getting away from Moleskine notebook. But when I would ask someone to do it, I'd say, Hey, can you do this for me? Yes, I will do that. Awesome. I would scratch it off on my to-do list. This is when I was like 23 years old, right? I was like a construction, you know, I worked kind of project management type stuff. And what I found is most of the time people didn't do it and I didn't circle back. And then it, I would look like the fool because, you know, to my fault. And that's really what, that's one thing you're trying to avoid, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so actually there's one thing it's, that's I find really good about Google Docs. You could be able to do this in Trello, but one little extra piece that, I don't have for Tennessee, but for my personal to-do list is that I may also, one of the reasons I use Google Docs is at the top, I can have like a personal motivating statement, just be like, okay, mm -hmm. these are the things that I want to achieve and say the next year, like next six months, next year, next five years. And they're just like aspirational. So before I started working at Tennessee and I was working on my books project, then it was like, okay, get my book brought on by a major publisher, you know, become a world, world renowned speaker, like things that are like way far out but it was nice to have this like reminder of what i need to do that day because when i'm looking at my to-do list it can get really overwhelming and i needed some sort of reminder what i was trying to move myself forward to be like okay cool now i actually do want to achieve those things and then i'm in a better brain space for achieving those items so that's a little thing that i just learned over like a few i don't know years or so as is you know what a, what's the things i can add to the system that's going to work particularly for my situation. Yeah, I really like that. I love the flexibility. I mean, that is one thing I miss uh, from using the Moleskine notebook is I could do anything because it's just pen and paper. And essentially a Google doc is really just pen and paper and the input is, is, a, is a laptop yeah. instead of a pen. But I feel like I definitely do miss some of that having moved to Trello. Trello is very strongly, not very strongly typed. It's a little bit, it's like slightly more strongly typed than uh, than a Google Doc, right? Which is very loosely typed. You can kind of do whatever. And then there are going to be systems, I think, like Todoist. And I don't even know, I've never, I've never really used Todo systems because they always seem way too opinionated for me. And I like the looseness of it. So I like that point you made. I think that's yeah. what comes down, like where you said, it's different for different people you know if you really need the external discipline applied to you and you find a to-do list app or whatever that just drives you know drives you to do your best then do it i tried several didn't like them and you know uh so i, I think either one works
And I will say that I actually do move to paper for daily tasks. Um, so usually if mm -hmm. I go to the office, I'll take a look at that big to-do list um, and and things I really want to achieve that day. And it could be, it's probably just two or three things because the day gets distracting. You start chatting on Slack, things that happen. So it's like, what are like the, the biggest things that I need to have achieved that day? Because I really like that satisfaction of crossing something out. And it's it's like that endorphin, or uh, was it the dopamine? like mm -hmm. center of my brain gets very happy when I can cross something off. And it does some, there's nothing like that with Google Docs. So that's another little thing that I do. Yeah, that's cool. So I have more questions for you, but we, we I want to address this question from uh, Andy Themer. He said, much of my productivity comes from using contractors, not only coding, but design marketing tasks and operational to-dos. When I had one or two contractors, I would typically drop what I was doing in a chat with them, let's assume like a Slack DM or something. Now with five to 10 part-timers, it is becoming more difficult. Any tips on how to manage a larger bench more efficiently? What's the next level up? Because this always happens, right? I mean, you, as your team expands, the old tools, the old ways of doing things don't work. And that's why t tools are built. You know, we can't use Google Docs and, and Slack DMs for everything. If you have a hundred people, it just, it breaks down. So you have, yeah. you have thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, when it comes to any system, whether it has to be working with a team or with yourself, it's identifying what what the stressful parts are. You know, what are the things that are you feel like might be falling through the cracks? And that's going to be different per person. I'm not exactly, you know, they're not didn't really go into detail. And this is where I would ask, okay, what are the things that are becoming really hard with these part timers? Is it information is it there are they always asking questions about things like repeat are repeat questions coming up things that they should have known that forgotten about in which case it could mean that you know maybe that's a time to document what's going on get a central repository information so you have a place that people can log in um, or go to to find that information without having to come to you for questions and, and making it you know everything kind of distracting and inefficient now if it's um a process like you're bringing a lot of part-timers on you have to teach each part-timer the same process again documentation where it's like okay what is what is this process write out this documentation what is the steps that everyone needs to go through and that's going to help you or the person in the future that's going to be training those people to walk through those pieces um so you kind of get the point where it's like okay now that you're you know um have a bunch of part-timers uh underneath the system it's like Address, addressing those pieces that have now become more stressful or they're taking more time or the things that are, aren't really working for you and figuring out what can you do to put things in place to kind of address those things, um, what kind of tools and what kind of systems, what kind of like products you can start using at that moment. Yeah, and my thoughts there, just to throw out a few, because this is what we had this problem at Drip as we went from two to five to 10 to eventually, I mean, the, when I left the team was, I don't know, 70 or 80, but um, the for, for developers and designers who were, well, assuming they were in the code base, we used GitHub issues to track what they were up to and what they were working on and, and all that. With the marketing team, um, if we had sprints and all that, we were often using Trello as kind of a loosely uh, again, a, a weekly typed thing compared to um, Basecamp or teamwork, if you want more strongly typed projects. And it's weird, you know, I know a lot of us, like as a fa I actually don't like process very much. I don't like rules and I don't like process. <laughs> don't. But, but we need, but we need, you know, but some, and some people do. And, and Tracy, you're, you know, you're really good at setting up SOPs and, and getting that stuff. And we, we need both of the, you need both those people on your team, in essence, right? And so I think, you know, for Andy, it's like, even if you're resistant to, to doing Basecamp or Teamwork or Trello, um, I 
do think that's probably the next step. Some tool like those is a next step uh, up from chat because you're right, chat just becomes overwhelming at a, at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we have another getting stuff. Oh, I just want to say just getting stuff out of your brain and then on in some place where it could be stored because those those questions that come up or those processes and whatnot um, can live in your brain, but it's going to help the process run more smoothly with those new people when it's when it's out there. But the other thing that I haven't really mentioned is if you hire someone, you want someone to take over this this piece for you, it's already there, which is really awesome. So they can just they like your information is already out there and they can pick up from that. Right. It's not a bunch of chat log in a threaded conversation somewhere. And frankly, mm -hmm. you could, I mean, another alternative to the tools I just mentioned, you could literally have a Google Doc with one page for each um, contractor, as long as you don't mind them seeing what each other's doing. And it could just be kind of Tracy's organization of that. That's another way to do it if you'd prefer to keep it super lightweight, you know. We have another question from Peter Lorinx. He says, how many items are in your doc right now? How many are current versus someday maybe? And I, I like this question a lot because I've known people who make their to-do list and oh, you can't see my camera, it's too narrow, but they make their to-do list and it's, um, they get 50, 100, 200 things. And then they, they, they have captured everything, but they lose stuff because they put too much on it. So I, you go first and then, I, and then I'll weigh in. Yeah, I had to open it up and see. Um, because of the the virus stuff, my stuff, my my to do list actually has gotten a little bit crazy, crazier than normal. Um, just because I haven't had a lot of mental bandwidth to do do things right now, which is something I guess we should mention is that it's going to be really hard to be productive in general because of everything that's going on right now. Uh, right now, I have I I also the reason I like Google Docs is because I can do tiered um, bullets, so I can have like. Uh, like here's a here's a task and then I can list out every single piece of that task. So it's mm -hmm. quite long. If you looked at every dot on its own, it's probably about 20 items. And that would say is the stuff I wanted to do in the next week. But a lot of those are like, there are some personal things in there. I had a trip to Europe that I was going to go speak at FemtoConf next month, month. And I have five bullets where it's like, cancel this, cancel mm -hmm. this, cancel this, cancel this. Right. And I could have said like, cancel the trip to Europe, but I, right. for me, it's better for me to list out every single piece of that process to make it easier for me to cross things off. So it's 20 items on the, like the, this is the things I want to work on right now. Um, like two things on my weighted on list. There's four things on my, I can't work on this right now, uh, because of various reasons. And I can write out what's that current status. And this used to be a lot longer when I was doing due diligence for Tiny Seed, it actually went like mm. pages long because that's actually where I put everything at first. It was just on my two list. So it's like, where was, I'm trying, I, my task was supposed to be keeping track of these companies that we're working with and where they are in the process and what happened. And I started getting pages and pages and pages long. And I eventually had to figure out a new system for that and pull it on mm -hmm. my to-do list because it got really overwhelming. Yeah. And that's like my good rule of thumb is if I'm over in my main Trello that I kind of am trying to work down, if I have more than about 15 or 20 items, and some of those do stay at the bottom longer than, than I want because they're not well-defined and they shouldn't be, so I'm kind of breaking my own system. But if I'm over that, I start to think, a, I look through it and I think, A, do I need to hire someone even, uh, you know, or delegate this to a virtual assistant or any, you know, anyone who, you know, any of, of the colleagues we work with, or are any of these just not that important and I've added crap in here? And so I root pretty ruthlessly like go through my to-dos and remove things that 
I came up with three weeks ago when you know I had I was washing the dishes and I threw it in the Trello board and I really shouldn't have. It should have been a better vetting process. It, it isn't actually a to do. It's more of a think more about this later, you know. And then my longer term one, the vision one, yeah, that probably has ten on it at any given time. And I find that once you get more than that, it's just too many to scan through, and that everything's not, you know, just pick the top five or ten that are most important and and kind of ignore the others. Yeah, it gets so overwhelming. Yeah, so uh, no more questions right now, but folks can certainly weigh in in the chat. Um, what are the key signs? I think you touched on this a little earlier, but you know, you're you're a good systems thinker in this sense. Like, if someone's watching this and they don't really have a system, like, what are some really good signs, some key signs that they need to put something in place? Mm -hmm. So I think mean, there's two different ways of looking at. It. There's like reactive, and then there's forward looking systems. So reactive, as mentioned before, is when you identify what's what's something that's stressing you out, what's something that might be feeling like you're uh, constantly referring back to and you want to stop having to refer back to. Um, so a non-tech uh, non uh, way of looking at this is say your keys for your house keys. And if every single day you're like, where are my keys? And you've, you've lost them, you're running around the house, your partner's like, where's your keys? And you're trying to find them. A system is literally just putting them in the same place every single time. So it's just like identifying like, hey, every single day that I'm losing my keys, I need to figure, figure out a way to fix this process. And so then you start leaving it one place, which then helps out family members because they might be asking where your keys are and you're able to tell them the exact place they are. You can save yourself time. You're not searching for your keys every single day. So to bring that into say, tech and founders and the things that we're working on. It's an example I have is when I started working on with at MicroConf with you. And I think I was asking you a lot of questions about when I was helping you with speakers for uh, MicroConf Europe was asking you questions about who spoke before who what was the talks of that and I was you know, we didn't have information in one place for all of these items. So, so there was this one day which was like, eh, we're gonna put it on notion, we're gonna write out, you know, all the speakers from microconf what the year that they were that, that they spoke what were the the titles they have into one place and that helped me like a save you time because i wasn't constantly peppering you with questions but b in general for microconf it it will hopefully lead to better predict productivity in the future because all the information is is off of someone's brain or in the, the systems that you had in place on your computer but now it's in a team situation so i was looking at like oh hey i shouldn't be asking these questions and, and taking up your time over and over and over. So let's put something in place so we can um, do better, essentially. Yep. And that was a good case of everything being in my head. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, I mean, the microconf yeah. example, it was just, yeah. I just never put it down. And this is, shows a difference in our personalities. Like I tend to not, I tend to keep a bunch of stuff in my head. I don't keep to-dos in my head, but institutional knowledge like that, that really should be written down. Um, I had never taken the time, invested the time to do it. And so. Yeah, and you're cool. not so alone. A, a lot of people are like that. You know, a lot of people, yeah. most people, I would say, it's it's really easy to just keep things in your brain because it's hard to tell yourself that it's okay to spend the time to put things into a system because you're really busy with things. So you have to like carve out the time in your day. It doesn't feel like it's productive time because you're mm -hmm. working on something, that's a problem thing. that's, that's yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, what what's the time I'm going to have to actually spend the time to work on this thing that's maybe you feel that maybe at that moment, it's not going to pay off in the future, but it probably will. It's just like carving out mm -hmm. that time is really hard. 
Yep. Yep. Cool. So uh, we have some, well, we have a comment and a couple questions now and we are, I mean, this always goes so fast. We are running a little short on time, but let's dig into it. Andy Themer says, I have a junkyard track in my Trello board as a place to demote ideas that become not important. And I think that's cool. If you're concerned about just deleting or archiving something, throw it in there, refer back to that every month every two weeks, just whenever you think about it. And if, if there's it's there's an amazing diamond in that rough, then promote it again. But most often than not, I think you'll find that your filters are pretty good. Uh, another question from Peter Lorinx. What tips can you share about how you protect your attention? For example, stopping interruptions and getting in a flow state. That's hard for me because like most of my job is just reacting to a lot of things. It's interruption. Yeah, you're interrupting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's the reason why I write everything down because every single like hour, there's something that's pulling my attention one way or another and what I do with Tiny Seed. And how about when I, you used to write code or you used to yeah. write book? Because then you had well, to get into it. What did you do then? I, I have this, you know, this, you've seen it before. It's my time timer. So I, I do use the Pomodoro method um, when I need to actually sit down and focus on things. Uh, so turn off all notifications everywhere. And then Pomodoro is like, okay, you're going to tell yourself like, hey, I'm just going to spend, I think it's 25 minutes, just going to spend 25 minutes straight working on one task. And then I'll have five minutes to go indulge the squirrel brain, look at Facebook, look at Reddit, refresh virus news and whatnot. Um, I do that actually at Tennessee when I need to sit down and like do some ideation or forward thinking stuff. Um, so it's nicer the, rather than just sitting down, I need a deadline essentially. And rather than just sitting down and saying, I need to work on this by giving myself a time limit, I need to work on this for 25 minutes. I find that it tricks my brain into being more productive. Um, so that's the, that's like the biggest tool in my tool belt, other than turning off notifications everywhere. Um, every now and then I'll actually go into my host file and block Reddit because it's just a habit at this point where I just like, as soon as I get distracted by something or frustrated by something I'm working on, my hand will just automatically start typing Reddit and then it's all over. So I like block in the host files because it'll resolve and it won't, it, it won't resolve. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to be there. And that, I'm supposed to be working. So those are, it's like, you know, turning off distractions and then giving myself a small piece of time to really focus. And I find that as soon as I start really focusing on something, then I actually can get into that flow state, but I just have to have that, that deadline. And that's something I do. Yep. Very cool. Um, next question as a, from Google, it's from Jonathan Weinberg. He says, what are some good tasks for a virtual assistant and what are some of the best services for that? Oh, I know tasks for virtual assistant. So Sherry, Sherry and I have a a personal like an, a personal slash executive assistant that we pay i hired her through upwork and she works um you know works as needed uh i have never used a service like virtual but virtual is the one that i would probably you know comes top of mind for me um you have thoughts on that or tasks as well yeah i have a blog post about it actually about when i hired mm -hmm. a virtual assistant for wedding lovely i didn't use virtual just because i was so low income that it was too spendy for me um mm -hmm. I believe at the time it's been a while since I looked at virtual, but I used the, it was like a, a form for finding virtual assistants in the Philippines. And I found someone who was amazing for $5 an hour. Uh, and we worked together for over about two years, if I recall correctly. Anyways, um, the things I did in place for the virtual assistant at Wedding Lovely, uh, was again, this, the documentation of tasks of things that I was doing as a founder, um, that could, could be moved into her plate and, a lot of these things, they, they couldn't involve a lot of creativity, but it was things like support requests where it's like, here's like the top 10 things I get from the people I'm working with, the emails that are coming in and what are my responses to them? 
And then I put that in a doc. So when they came in, she can refer that doc and be like, this is how Tracy has handled this situation in the past. And then she would send that over. And if it was something that I hadn't handled, then she would ask me, I would tell her how to handle it. And then she would add it to the doc. And so we, at the end, we actually had this really good, um, document of all the different responses and questions and support requests and things that had had handled that she would she would work on and it was really really great for support uh she also did things where um we were like running a blog and it was all the system for getting things into wordpress and getting things out of wordpress and all those things all these like little tasks all these things that you could just list out all the little steps that involve and document everything that's involved are really great tasks for a virtual assistant um just as long as you're like you really write things out you really be very clear um write more than you should just like get every like question that could be asked out into that sheet um, and then continue to update those documents if you work with that virtual assistant to answer the questions or things that come up which is really handy because if you lose your personal assistant which can happen then it means the next time you bring another person on you can do less training because i have all these things documented yep and i, I think there's a it's, it helps to get to know your virtual assistant and learn what his or her um, unique skills are. That's not all just admin, because like I had someone who happened to know WordPress really well, and so I had her help me out with that. I had someone who knew how to do some light design work and, and audio editing even, and she would help with that. And so it's, you know, every every VA is not created equal and um, in terms of the, you know, their skill set and what they're able to work on. Um, so Yeah, I was I able to had, do... Oh, sorry. I was able to do a bunch of looms just to walk through things, you know, just not just mm -hmm. write things down. But I, just, I, yeah. I taught her how to do WordPress through loom, um, just doing yeah. a bunch of recordings. Yeah, screencasts are a great way to do it. The, I mean, we had our sharing my personal assistant or VA, what you know, whatever you want to refer to her as we had her register the kids for like all their summer camps, because that's a it's a pain. It's it's way more time consuming than you think it's going to be. And once the kids picked it, it was just like I took a picture, I emailed it to her, you know, because they did it by hand. And then she just booked them all and made sure everything worked and then put them on our calendar and invited it, you know, so that was probably an, a couple hours worth of work. And it's a thing of like, this is not rocket science to do, you know, anyways, we are we are at time and I want to be mindful of folks time. Um, Tracy makes thank you so much for for joining me today. <laughs> She's uh, at Tracy makes on Twitter. Yep, and TracyOsborne.com. Nope, Tracy I think Osborne. just go out and be productive as much as possible because things are crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, this is the time to talk about that for sure. So next week, again, we're going to the Tuesday, Thursday schedule. Tuesday, we're going to be doing, I keep hitting my mic. Tuesday, we're going to be doing live copy audits with Leanna Patch. And Thursday, we're going to be talking to Cortland Allen about what he's learned interviewing 155 startup founders. Join us again, microconfonair.com or youtube.com slash microconf. Same time, noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, same place. See ya. Thank you so much.